Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. And each month this year, we're featuring one of the books I've written as our book of the month. And this month's book is my first devotional, 100 Days to Brave. It's all about how to find courage in your everyday life. And let your girl AFD tell you, we could all use a little more courage. Me too. And we've got a really great bonus that goes along with it that's available to you for $0. It's called 10 Things Brave People believe about God. It's basically a 10-day devotional and guided journal. Just go to AnnieFDowns.com slash books, enter your email, we'll send you that free download. And then you'll be in the perfect spot to also grab a copy of 100 Days to Brave if you haven't read it yet. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share about one of our amazing sponsors, BetterHelp. Since, God willing, we're all continually growing and changing, it's a lifelong process to truly get to know ourselves. And as we're pursuing the best versions of ourselves, we need help along the way sometimes. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can help you on your journey of self-discovery, no matter where you're starting from. If you're thinking of trying therapy, give BetterHelp a shot. Y'all know what a proponent of counseling I am. In fact, we talk about all the benefits in today's show. Since BetterHelp is entirely online, it's designed to be convenient and flexible and to fit in your schedule. They've helped remove so many of the obstacles that sometimes keep people from getting the help that they need. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So you're sure to be working with someone who is a good match for you. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash That Sounds Fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash That Sounds Fun. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Andy Kolber. You may remember Andy from when she was on the show before on episode 196 and on our TSF Q&A about faith and fasting. Be sure to check those out if you missed them. Andy is a licensed professional counselor and author of the incredible book, Try Softer. As a survivor of trauma, Andy brings her hard-won experience to the additional training she's received in her specialization of trauma and body-centeredness therapies. And she's written an equally beautiful, timely, and important new book that is out tomorrow, It's called Strong Like Water, finding the freedom, safety, and compassion to move through the hard things and experience true flourishing. I love having people on the day before release because it means y'all can still pre-order their book and get all the pre-order goodies. And like I said, this one is so healing. It's so healing. This is a great Monday conversation. You're going to really love it and benefit from it, just like you will from our time together here with Andy. So here's my conversation with my friend, Andy Colbert. Andy, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. Hello, it's so good to be back. Man, nothing sounds more fun than talking about trauma. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless. (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you, you were on the show in January of 2020, right before the pandemic, you were in the office. And then we had you back and thank you so much for being on the fasting Q&A so that it just helps so much having a, a counselor, a therapist, brain talk with us about thoughts around fasting when there's disordered eating. So thank you so much for being on those shows. The response we have to you, Andy, I'm just, I'm ready in my DMs already. (laughs) I'm ready. People just want all of you and want more of you. So how has it been? I mean, the book comes out tomorrow. Are you exhausted with the launch projects, (laughs) the launch parts of this? Has it been fun? What's it been like? You know, it, it has been a lot. Yeah. Um, It's been really, it's been really fun too. I think um, I have, because this isn't my first launch, I think just mentally I've been able to, to just know what to expect a little Mm -hmm. bit more. Mm -hmm. And 
And because of that, I feel like then I could be a little bit more prepared. Like, what is it that I need so I can enjoy it? You know, because that's part of it is that, I mean, you know, because you do this work and it's like you invest so much time and energy and you're by yourself a lot of the time when you're writing. And so finally, it's like the launch is like, we are unveiling this thing that you poured everything into. For years. And so- for years, yes. years. And so there's a satisfaction, I think, that comes with being like, okay, I finally get to show you um, what I've been working on. Yeah. And so that there has been a lot of joy in that and just being able to really see that um, come to fruition. Yeah. When I when That Sounds Fun came out, I did, and all the interviews, we ended up doing some fun coaching with the person interviewing me. And it was really fun. And sometimes it was emotional and sometimes it was moving. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience on this side of writing books about trauma? When someone interviews you, they, their own stuff comes out? Because I've been very thoughtful about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think that's who we are as humans is that, you know, we tend to gravitate towards things that we personally resonate with that yeah. we where do we overlap? How does that apply to to us. And, you know, so I'm an Enneagram four. Yes. And so, I mean, I can go there. Yes. <laughs> like, so quickly. I can go, <laughs> I can go there. Um, and, you know, like my, my husband's a seven. So I love, and I think you're a seven. Yes, if I ma'am, remember. You know. I love sevens and I love that lightness, but like someone's like, Hey, let's talk about the meaning of life. And I'm like, let us go there, yeah. you know? So it's, it's fun to, I mean, certainly, like, I, I want to be aware of, you know, their limits, my limits, all that kind of stuff. But in many ways, I'm like, let's go. Because yeah. I think we're overdue, you know. I mean, I think our Western culture um, has often been built around, like, what do you do and what do you achieve and how much can you hustle? And I think God is calling us all to get underneath that, right? To look at like, you know, there's a deeper value to each of us and all of these things are interconnected. And I think that when we begin to lean into why we can't embody our belovedness, it so often intersects with trauma. So I I do love going there. Yeah. Good. Cause we're going to, I mean, to the degree (laughs) that I'm not going to make you do a counseling session with me, but I guess one of my first thoughts when I was reading your book, it's called strong like water, which is a Mm -hmm. gorgeous title and it matches the book beautifully. There's been a lot of conversation in my upbringing about encouraging women to be strong. There has not, I have not heard as much of the conversation you're having with us of, have you overshot the mark? (laughs) Have you required too much strength of yourself? Why did that become the thing that was what you wanted to write about? And do you feel like I'm representing that correctly? Yes. And, And what I'll say is that I think I have this like, desire, like a deep passion for us to redefine strength. Um, And partially because I really resonate personally with exactly what you're saying. I grew up in a time when 
it was like girl power, you know, yes. you can do anything you want. Yes. And, and there's a lot of value to that. Like of I'm course. grateful for many of those messages because I think it was different than what like my mom got, you know, but in that process, you know, and the intersection, like the intersectionality is that I was also um, experiencing trauma in my childhood. Mm -hmm. And so the message I was getting was be strong, be tough. Don't let them get you down, you know? And, and so I think for me, part of my journey, my own healing has been, how do I find like, how do these parts of myself reconcile this part of myself, these parts of myself who are very tough, Mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. very fierce. You know, yes. I write about in the book, like basketball is a huge part of my story. Yeah, And that, that version of myself is like, if the game is on the line, uh-huh. pass me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what that part of myself knows about, about me is yes. that I can get things done. Yes. So there's a lot of beauty and value to that. But the difficult thing about it is that sometimes we are almost like overusing that resource at times when yes what we need is for example rest yes or we need to receive or instead of um fighting you know yeah. or being fierce like there's value and if that means we're having to like disconnect from the wisdom of our body yeah. so that we can do that, yes. that cost is too high. Yeah, right. And so it's sort of like, I think my vision for this book is to say, listen, we're not trying to get rid of any of that. Yes. The big goal, I believe, is that that our, that our whole self, mm-hmm. our whole God-given self learns to have the support and resources needed to be integrated. Right. Sort of like, have you ever driven a clutch? I don't know if you have any experience with that. I have not. (laughs) I mean, I have ridden in one, but no. Beautiful. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, well, you may know. You may know. You probably do, right? With a clutch, it's a little bit more complicated, right, than just pushing on the gas pedal of a car, right? And I happened, like my first car that I owned, literally the name of it was the $300 Wonder. Oh my gosh. Because I, <laughs> I bought it for $300 yes. and it was, yeah, it was, it was what it needed to be for that time of my life. But yes. it had a clutch. And when I tell you, I mean, I literally had to drive it like a, like it was a dump truck because yeah. I had to push so far down on that clutch. So I just bring that up because the thing about something like a clutch is that you you have to you're continually shifting. Yeah. Right. So you're pushing on the clutch and then you're like shifting the gear and then you need a little gas. And essentially, you're paying attention to how fast you're going and what the car's doing as you're switching gears. Yes. And I think that from in many ways, I mean, we are way more expansive and nuanced than a car, you know? Right, right, right. But, but good example. We have different gears and resources and almost like different places where we re- like sort of um, tap into. Mm-hmm 
to be able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Yes, yes. And so for many of us, especially, you know, so I myself am a survivor of trauma and I often work with trauma survivors. And what I find is that for a lot of folks, we get stuck in what I would call a certain kind of strength. Yeah. And that strength is like it's got one, it's just got one gear. Yeah. And the gear matters. You need that gear. But if you overuse that gear, it can ultimately be really harmful to, you know, in this analogy to the car. Yes. But essentially to us Mm -hmm. as people, Mm -hmm. if we stay there always and we don't have other options, it can really ultimately be harmful. Yes. A unique thing that I'm sure you see in your practice is extended singleness in women's lives requires a level of strength that I don't know many of us enjoy. (laughs) Right. And so in my peer group, as I was reading this, I was thinking so many of my friends would say, what choice did I have, Andy? Like, what choice did I have? But And what will happen is we will lead a company or at our job or anywhere really well. And then our car breaks down or our air conditioner breaks in our house and our gears crumble. But not in like a normal, in like a, not that something went wrong, but in I have lost all my resources. Can you, Mm. can you talk about that for a minute for our friends listening who are not married yet or who are single Mm. again, who are experiencing this like requirement of strength that actually Mm. comes at a great cost? Yeah. 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 I think this is a great example of, of life experiences that sometimes feel really overwhelming because it feels like there's no choice present. And I think that there's some layers to this. Part of it is for some folks is first getting curious about that message in and of itself, because that message, there's a lot of layers to like this idea that, um, that you don't have a choice and and there's some truth to that, right? Like you can't, it's not like you're going to just go out and and partner with just anyone just because, you know, you need to get this done. But it's also like, how much of that might be born from the cultural expectation that you are more whole yeah. or more loved or have more to offer or whatever, because if you were to ultimately, you know, be married or something like that. And I, and it's so interesting because sometimes it's like doing that begins to help us have a little bit of compassion. Mm-hmm for the experience. And, and so what I would say is that often when we're in that place where we're like, well, I don't have any choices and this is just how it is. And I have to put on a good show. That, that's a really good sign that you might be in this particular strength that in the book I call situational strength. Yes. And that situational strength, I kind of talk about it. Like it's essentially survival energy. It's like your body's like, sorry, there are no choices. This is so unsafe that you literally are just going to go to like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do kind of a place, you know? And if the messages you're receiving from your culture and your church and your friend group is that you are not valid or worthy because like, unless you get that connection, then it would make sense. It would make sense that that's coming on. Yeah. So the question then is, is then, so what do you do? 
So what does that mean? And I think a part of it, you know, the way that I theorize this in the book is that almost paradoxically, what actually allows us to move out of that type of strength into what I would call a more expansive strength, Mm -hmm. where basically we have access to more of who God made us. Like we have access to this thought, this, this memory like, oh, but I know other single people who are full humans living full lives. And I, it's like, I can remember that when I'm moving out of, you know what I mean? And so part of that is, is, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways we can begin to access that, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's even as simple as finding a safe person who, you know, like, oh, they, they get that. And so it's like, maybe that's your first place you go, Mm -hmm. you know, of just like, like being honest about saying, you know, I am, I'm having one of those days. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the truth of who I am. Will you just, will you just be with me in that? Yes. Yes. And as our body softens, right. Cause, and in the book, there's lots of different resources that I name, but the key here is that as our body starts to feel safe, we come back into the reality mm-hmm. that you don't have to pretend. Yes. You don't have to act like everything's okay when it doesn't feel okay. You don't have to act like these messages are okay either. Mm-hmm. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our new amazing partners, the Hallow app. Okay, I mentioned some of the resources I'm using during Lent a few weeks ago on Instagram and in the AFD Week in Review. Hallow is one of those. I found it to be so helpful, but more on that in a second. Let me just tell you what Hallow is first. It's the number one prayer app in the world with over 9 million downloads and 150 million prayers completed. Hallow helps you pray, meditate, and sleep better and helps you build a daily routine and a habit of prayer. There are thousands of prayers, meditations, and peaceful Christian music available on the app and for all parts of your day. Begin the day with the scripture reading and reflection. Play the Bible in a Year podcast on your mute. Yes, it's Father Mike. Listen to peaceful music throughout your day or end your day with a Bible story. So right now, Hallow has an incredible Lent challenge with daily prayers and meditations to bring you closer to Jesus leading up to Easter. Now, y'all know I'm Protestant, and Hallow is the number one Catholic prayer, meditation, and sleep app. But I'm finding there are some really good, like part of this Lent challenge, there are these really good pieces where our faiths are meeting, and I am just loving it. I really am loving it. I've had a perfect record until yesterday when I was sick, and I broke my streak on Lent, but I'm back at it. I am back at it. So I am doing that challenge. I've been really impacted by the meditations led by our friend Jonathan Rumi and Jim Caviezel and Mark Wahlberg and others. Hello is offering our friends an extended three-month trial of all 10,000-plus prayers and meditations at hallow.com slash that sounds fun. Just visit hallow.com slash that sounds fun for an extended three-month trial. And I've got one more incredible partner to tell you about, Rothy's. I was talking with Carlos Whitaker the other day about bus life. As we get ready to head out on the Here For You tour in June, I'm pretty breezy except for one thing. I hate single-use plastic. Do y'all know that about me? So we have refillable bottles or boxed water instead of plastic water bottles whenever possible on the road. It's one of my favorite things about getting to partner with Rothy's. With Rothy's shoes and bags, you can upgrade your wardrobe in a chic and sustainable way. Everything at Rothy's is sustainably made with their signature thread repurposed from single-use plastic bottles. Rothy's are durably designed so you can keep them in your closet longer. You can even pop them in the washing machine when they need to be refreshed. I've had my Rothy's black points for a couple of years now. I wear them 
all the time. And they are still so comfortable, so versatile. They go with everything, no matter the season, and they travel like a dream. Fun fact is those exact fan favorite shoes are made from about 11 recycled plastic bottles. How cool is that? The best-selling lightweight tote is made with approximately 618 grams of ocean-bound marine plastic. We don't have to understand it to know that we love to see it. Listen, y'all, for stylish and sustainable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash sounds fun. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Andy. One of the things you pulled out in the book that when I tell you my jaw dropped, because when we're thinking about this and what lives in our bodies, you quote 2 Corinthians 4, where it says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life mm. of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I mean, this is the body keeps the score in an eternal way, right? And yeah. so for our single friends, for our married friends, for these people, all of us who have any degree of trauma— mm. Our bodies are so deeply connected with our spiritual life. I experienced that so much with God in my singleness of going like, and in my need for situational strength that I want to move to integrated strength. Will you talk a little bit about what that means that we carry in our bodies the death Mm. and life of Jesus? Mm. I'm so glad you you pulled that specific verse. Um, That has been a really important touch point for me yes. um, in this book because as I was as I was thinking about and even before I really wrote the book I was thinking about it through you know an faith integration lens and this particular verse well it just always honestly gives me tingles yes because it will I think now what is I didn't know it will now <laughs> yeah. Well, and I didn't, it's like, I never had this lens. I didn't have this lens 10 years ago, but as I have gone deeper into my own learning around neurobiology and trauma work in the nervous system, there's a lot of layers of meaning. And, and what I'll just say with this is that, you know, because the basic theoretical sort of concept I'm using in the book is that it's, it's essentially safety, Yes. That allows us to move from situational to further in the flow of strength is, is called transitional. Yes. And then all the way over on the, on the flow is called integrated strength. Yes. Well, so in this verse, what I think is being demonstrated is that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, essentially what that's saying is that we get to carry around with us basically a form of internalized safety internalized safety. Yes. Because what it is, is like, for me, I'm like, oh, that's, that's Jesus's. This is his giving to us. This is the sacrifice. He says, I love you. I'm coming for you. You, you are my beloved one and I'm coming for you. And so I get to carry that with me in my body. Wow. So that the, and then the life of Jesus gets to be revealed Yes, because it's, it's the love that's doing the work. Right. And I'm using safety and love here almost simultaneously because I think that safety and love, real love produces safety. Yes. Yes. Real love makes us courageous. Yes. Real love produces life. 
Yes. Right. So in that verse, I think that is, I don't know. I think this is this beautiful lens that would not have been available even 30 years ago because we didn't understand this the way we do now, at least in terms of like the neurobiology piece. But this is attachment work. This is nervous system work. This is spiritual formation work, right? That we internalize that belovedness and it then allows us to be brave and to truly live. Yes. I mean, a while ago, Andy, I was on a date and and the man asked me what I was looking for. And I need you to know the words that came out of my mouth was, I just would like to feel safe all the time. And Mm. I think what I'm rising in what you're saying is a pain point for a lot of my friends, including me in singleness, is Mm. I am my own safest place. And what you're saying Mm -hmm. is actually Jesus in your body is your safest place. Mm -hmm. And then real love can come out of that. And so it's fair to look for safe. I mean, I'm not judging myself for my Mm -hmm. statement I made, but I am realizing that the depth Mm -hmm. of what I was asking for is a, maybe a trauma response. I don't know, Andy, what do you think? (laughs) Well, actually... My uh, my perspective is I think that's beautiful. I actually think that's beautiful. Okay, great. Um, I feel great about the answer. It is. What I, I think want. it's beautiful. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. To me, that's a, feeling safe with someone else is to me a deep expression of actual love. Yeah. It's actually the the opposite of a trauma response because we can't fake our way into real safety because our uh, body tells the truth. Right. <laughs> right. But here's what I'll also say is that you don't have to choose because God, we are reciprocal beings. We are, we, we are created for mutuality. I mean, even the Trinity is relationship, Yes, right? This is not about you either choose this or you choose this or you choose this. It's saying, no, no, no. Abundant life means it's all available. Wow. Right. I get to have safety with myself and God willing safety with you and God willing safety with God. With God. Right. Yes. That, right. Yes. This. And so I think to me, it's like, I think that's beautiful. And what can happen is that any of those points can be the launching off place for increased safety. Yes. Like experiencing safety with God can often be the thing that helps us have the courage to begin to connect with others to build safety with them. Yeah, right. Or Even having with yourself. safety with, that's right. Yes. Having safety with others can often be the jumping off point to then, oh, that, I mean, this is my story, that experiencing safety with my husband helped me to see that, you know what, the way I had been experiencing God was often through the lens of my own trauma. And yeah. it helped, it has helped me to heal that yes. and my relationship to myself. Yes. And so ultimately it's, it's, it's like, it's all a yes. <laughs> yeah. It's all a yes. It's all a yes. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I, I, cause when I think of myself, I think I am proud that I feel safe with me. I'm proud. I've done mm. the work that I feel safe with me and that I think you are fine. You are good. In my history, I have extended that safety to it is okay if you're not safe with anyone else because you've got you. 
and you will take care of you. Mm. And and there is that that caring for your little Annie version of you, and you are safe here, and I can handle. I'm a grown up. You don't need the same tools you needed as a kid. <laughs> But, and you say this in the book, in the community chapter of like, I can actually expand that as you're saying to go like, man, I'm so safe with God. And because I'm safe with God and because Mm. I'm safe with me, I am invited to feel safe with others. That's right. Does that feel true? That's right. And this is, yeah, that's exactly right. And this is what I love about this work. I mean, for me, this book was very hopeful to write. Yes. Even though I'm talking a lot about trauma, because to me, like, again, in the same way, that verse, like that Christ, you know, that we carry around the death in our body, Yes. but it's so that yes, it's so that it can, the life can be revealed. Yes. And I think when we, this is the whole spectrum of the healing, right? Is that there's a sense in which we have to name the reality of the pain. Yeah. We don't pretend our way into healing. Yes. Which is why I think trauma work, it matters that we be, we have to be on we that we be honest. And 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 that doesn't mean we want to re-traumatize ourselves in that process. Yeah. But acknowledging the truth of something is part of the process of moving towards the reclamation, yes. the reimagining. Yes. Because we cannot fully reclaim that which we haven't even really acknowledged. Yes, right. Until we tell ourselves the truth. Yeah. Right. And so as so there's this upward spiral in this work, right? Like you get this little bit of safety. And everybody's pace is different, but you start to like build safety with God or you build safety in yourself or you experience it in relationship. And that is like this little place that we keep coming back to that we can keep building on. Yeah. And it doesn't make the other things like it doesn't in any way dismiss the importance of other things. Instead, it actually is like the portal, <laughs> Yes. That allows the other healing to take place. And and I just think that's beautiful. Yeah, you're right. The, the book is so hopeful. It is tell yourself the truth. It is acknowledge what is true in your body and in your story. But in like every chapter, there's like, now here are the resources and the practices to activate this healing in your life. Uh, Andy, I think one of the one of the reasons you will always be one of the experts that I hope will come on anytime <laughs> I make the nine one one call <laughs> is you really do partner therapy and psychology with scripture constantly, and so in many of the chapters you have us praying scripture as breath exercises and as a mental health exercise. Will you talk about the power of scripture in our mental health? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for saying that. I mean, I think for me, you know, part of why I choose to do this work in these spaces in particular is because I myself have experienced God as a profound resource, you yeah. know, and and that I believe God is the author. Yeah. The author of healing, the author of life, the author of goodness. You know, I talk about like this idea of resurrection that we're like sort of always seeing resurrection. Yeah. You know, Wendell Berry talks about practicing resurrection. And there's that. a sense in which every moment that we experience a, a little sense of a glimmer or hope, these are little resurrections yes. in our lives. Yes. This is the goodness of God. And so 
you know, I hold that with much just honor. And I really try even throughout the book because, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks I work with have also experienced religious trauma. They've experienced spiritual abuse. And so, so many of our friends listening feel that we hear from them. We hear from them. Yes. 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 And I, and I just want, if you're listening to this and hearing that, I just want to honor that. Same, same. And, And my deep like conviction is that God is with us full stop. Yes. You don't have to try. <laughs> like God is here, right? Like God is here. We don't have to work for it. There is no incantation yes. that makes God more here. That's right. God is here. And throughout the book, one of the things I try to do is just gently prompt people to say, if it feels like a resource to you, mm. here is a scripture that may feel supportive. Here is a prayer that you may consider. Yes. But I always bring in that language of asking folks to check in with themselves because I deeply believe that God does not ask us to bypass our bodies. Mm -hmm. And when you have experienced harm in faith spaces, even if God is good, you may not in that moment be experiencing that as as a resource yet. Yes. And so I think, you know, I walk this line of just saying, I believe this to be true. I believe this to be available. And God is deeply kind and good to us in our own journey, in our own process. God has nothing to prove. Yeah. Like whether we are explicitly saying that something that allows our body to regulate is from God or not. I mean, that's the goodness of God, that we have the capacity right. to do those things. Right. And so that's my perspective on how I talk about faith within these spaces, because, you know, part of trauma is feeling powerless. Yes, yes. So the opposite of trauma is to restore that mm-hmm. choice, mm-hmm. to restore the affirmation of the dignity. Yes. Not that the dignity was ever gone, but we reaffirm mm-hmm. what has always been true about who you are. Yes. I want to read you this line where you said, for many of us who've experienced trauma, feeling trapped or immobilized has been part of what has felt so overwhelming. That's it, right? We feel trapped in a situation or even feel trapped in our own, I can't get this out of my body and I'm having to live with it all That's the time. Right. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do we learn to identify when we're trapped versus when we're just struggling? How do we know the difference? Yeah. Well, so a part of it is truly, you know, one of the things that I say is that how we experience something is at least as important as what we've experienced. Yes. Yes. And this is really important. I mean, we are continuing in the field of trauma work. We are continuing to understand that perception of an experience is deeply important. Yes. And so what I would say is that oftentimes, if once we're in that situational strength, right, your body is going to be experiencing things Oftentimes, like the intensity is going to be heightened because you're already in in the survival mode. So sometimes that's about a past experience. Like, like, let's just say you're in an experience that by all intents and purposes, other people would be like, you're okay. Like it's safe. Yep. 
But let's say in that moment, something is activated in your body from a past experience that was in some capacity traumatic for you. Yeah. What can be happening is that the present moment is activating a past experience, Mm -hmm. causing you to feel trapped. And that doesn't mean even someone is actively trying to cause you harm even. It might mean that. But this is where we sometimes need a therapist to really help yes. us navigate the, the nuances. Right. But what I want you to understand is that how you're experiencing it is the thing that gives us the map mm, Wow. to begin to find the way out. So again, we go back to saying what moves us out of that situational strength, cues of safety. Yes. Wow. So in the book, I talk about that particular idea through the lens of something called compassionate resourcing. Yes. And in real, like, let's say you're, the more activated you are, the more like into situational strength you are, the more you're probably going to need, you're going to need maybe more cues of safety. And we're not going to need, we're not going to be able to jump to the most advanced yeah, right. Resources. Yes. Like your brain is like the world is ending. Will you give us an example of an advanced resource? Yeah, like an advanced resource, for example, on Strong Like Water is like I um, talk about being able to create like a, a future video uh-huh. of a potentially difficult experience. Yes. And this is a great practice. I use this with clients all the time. I use this myself. It's really helpful to build in resources so that when we face something difficult, we're essentially our brain experiences that that hard thing like we've already been through it. Yeah. So we feel more prepared for it. And it can do some really cool work for us. Yeah. But if you are in crisis, this is not possible. Like our brain needs to experience some level of groundedness and safety before we can sort of project forward Mm -hmm. and imagine what might come. Yes. Yes. So some of these resources are a little bit like they stack on each other. And so I just say that it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to do it. It means that you need to be able to make sure you have a sense of safety first. I mean, Andy, this safety thing is wild. It is such a core. I don't think I knew how core even that language is for all of us. That is wild. That sounds Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation one last time to share about one of our amazing partners, Indeed. A couple of weeks ago, y'all got to know our podcast producer, Johnny, a little better through the AFD Week in Review. I love it when y'all get to see behind the scenes into our team. And I know those of you who lead teams understand how crucial it is to build and hire in such a way that you've got people with talents and experience that truly match the roles you need filled. You and your company can find them the same way we found several of our amazing teammates. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can 
attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend your valuable hours digging through multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all and fast with Indeed. Finding great talent doesn't have to be a second job. I mean, you already have a full-time job, right? You can reclaim your time and find top talent fast with Indeed. Their suite of powerful hiring tools like assessments and virtual interviews allow you to find top talent fast. This is the part I love the most. With Indeed Instant Match, they do the hard work for you. You simply sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes fit your description immediately after you post. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective and efficient when you're running your own business. Visit Indeed.com slash sounds fun to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I've got one last incredible partner to tell you about, Third Love. We are all about the partners today that support you. We've all got that one closet, that one countertop, that one drawer that just collects all the junk, right? Well, Third Love is here to make sure that's not your bra drawer that needs a major clean out. No need for a drawer full of not pretty, not comfortable bras when we've got Third Love in our lives, you guys. They've spent years designing bras for your body. They make over 60 sizes and even invented half cups, so you always get the perfect fit, which means you'll always look and feel great. Third Love makes my actual favorite bra, the 24-7 t-shirt bra, no slipping, no itchy tags, no showing under my clothes, just well-fitting comfort and confidence. They seriously have a bra for every woman and for every occasion. Are you looking for an everyday bra or maybe something with more coverage and unlined style, a little extra lift? Their Love's best-selling bras seriously have a style for every solution and every outfit that will help you look and feel great in whatever you're wearing. Half the battle of looking great is the confidence that comes from comfort, a good fit and having great support. Third Love has got us covered, literally. So ditch the bad bras. Get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash sounds fun. That's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash sounds fun. And remember all the links to our sponsors, to the AFD Week in Review, our book of the month, tickets to the Here For You Tour, the transcript of the show, and more are all available in our show notes. Be sure to check those out. Just trying to make things a little easy for you where we can. And now back to finish up our conversation with Andy Kolber. One of the things you do a lot in the book is talk about attachment styles. And I think in the end, every one of us in our attachment style is going, this is what will make me feel safe. Right? Is that kind of the, is that the question we're answering at the bottom of how we are attaching? Yes. I think it's a very, very core element. And I would say it's like, here's my strategy to get my needs met. Yeah. Yeah. This is my strategy to get my connection need met. And so the crossover is that safety, real safety. There's always an element of connection in it. Now, when I say that, what I mean is that even if it's with yourself, yes, you have an entire universe in you, which means that even internally, there has to be some connection for there to be safety. Yes. When we're with others, that can build safety. When we're with God, that can build safety. Mm-hmm. There is a sense in which there is an openness versus a contraction for real safety. Otherwise, it's just defensiveness. Yeah, right. Right. This won't surprise you at all, but if there was a poster child for anxious attachment, tis your girl. 
Tis your girl. Because I can be on you like a spider monkey if I think our relationship <laughs> is fractured. I mean, it is it is the work. Mm. I, when I tell you it's the work of my life to walk towards secure attachment in every relationship I'm in, it's the work of my life. And I tend to pick men that lean toward avoidant. Is that natural that we are opposites attract when it comes to unhealthy attachment? Yeah, I mean... I, so first of all, I hear you and I love your honesty. I mean, I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get, like I get it. I what's mean, your lean I, toward when you're in, in your unhealth, what's your lean toward? Uh, probably anxious, ambivalent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then some elements, cause we can have, mul- we can have some multiple styles, but also disorganized. Ah, really? Yes. Because okay. of the, some of the abuse I experienced in my yeah. childhood, Yeah, which is, can be tricky yeah. and exhausting, frankly. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, thankfully, by the grace of God, I feel like I've experienced a, a lot of safety yes. that's helped me very much move towards earned secure attachment. Yes. But I still Same. see those things pop up. Yes. You know, it's the disorganized attachment is basically like, I really want connection, but it feels too unsafe to yeah, move towards it. Yeah. Yeah. And the anxious is you, you know, the anxious, it's like, are you going to leave? Wait, what's happening? Oh, oh, you're going to abandon me. Aren't you stay right here? You know, it's like, um, (laughs) and the avoidance, you know, is that piece where it often shows like, oh, this is, this is too much. (laughs) This is too much. Um, like I, you know, there's often a sense for folks with avoidant where it's like, it's kind of like, I can get my own needs met. Like I'm kind of good on my own, sort of a lone wolf you know, conflict can be a lot for folks with avoidant attachment. And so to answer your question with that, my experience has been that avoid and not just experience, but I think there's actually quite a bit written about this. Yes, yes, yes. But folks with an anxious, ambivalent attachment style, an avoidant person can appear to have what feels like a lot of stability. Yes. And that is attractive to someone Uh, who's like, wait, what? Are we good? Are we not good? You know, there's, and there's sort of this, there often tends to be a wound for someone with the anxious ambivalent where it's like, pick me, yeah, pick me. Like I want to be the special one. And so someone who is a little aloof, it's almost like there can be this feeling of like, well, if I get them to pick me, then I've sort of, made it like I kind of won. Yeah. You know? Right. And I think for the avoidant folks, someone with, with more of that anxious ambivalent, I think there can tend to be this sense. I think we have this internal, whether we acknowledge it or not, we often move towards the things that we feel like we lack. Yes. So whereas avoidant may be a little bit less emotional, like maybe a little bit more of a flat affect, Folks with an anxious ambivalent tend to maybe show more emotion yeah. because they're connected to a lot of times it's their the right brain and getting over identified a little bit with emotion. Mm-hmm. And so, like I just want to say, neither of those attachment styles are bad. It's not a diagnosis. It is a strategy. That's yes. what it is. It's a That's strategy. Good. And that strategy is constantly shifting. Mm-hmm. And as we build safety. All of us can move closer towards secure attachment. Yes. And so this is not something where it's like, oh, you for all time will always be this way. Yes. 
some people will give you more cues of safety and you yourself will be able to better embody secure attachment. Yes. Because your body is recognizing, oh, it's safe. Yeah. It's safe for me. Yeah. And so I don't have to go to that strategy as much. Yes. Because my body is more settled. My nervous system is picking up. Oh, they get me. It's easier for me to predict yes. that we will be able to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And this can happen. I, I would love to say this to our friends listening. This can happen in romantic relationship, in friendship, between work colleagues. This is not just romantic, correct? I mean, in my life, it isn't. Yes. It is. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. It's everywhere we go. Yep. We bring our attachment styles with us and we tend to see the fullest expression with those we feel closest to. So whatever that kind of relationship is, the more, the closer, the more vulnerable we are, the more likely that yeah, the, just the truth of, yes. of where we're at yes. will come up. And the strength, the strong like water strength, to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but the strong like water strength I feel in me is I acknowledge that I will, if I'm ever avoidant, we have fallen off such a train track. I can't imagine. So the strength in me is, Annie, you lean toward anxious attachment when you don't feel safe. So this is the this is my path. My hope is that the safer I feel, the stronger mm-hmm. I feel in actual like integrated strength, the closer I am to secure attachment and the safer yes. I am. And when I feel that slipping into the strategy that I think I need, I have language for it now to go, Annie, because your girlfriends haven't texted you back does not mean they are not your friend anymore. But it is so yes. fast in my brain, Andy. It is so fast of like, oh, mm. I bet they're all eating dinner and they didn't invite you. And then you want to text everyone. Mm. And then mm-hmm. and then I go, okay, strat- yeah. that's only a strategy. That is not the truth. What is actually, tell mm-hmm. us when we, when we have that realization of yeah. I'm operating mm-hmm. in a strategy that is not for my good, mm-hmm. what's our next mm-hmm. question or our next resource that we do? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that you are explaining that really well. Just like even bringing that awareness in actually is you moving towards transitional Mm. strength. So I just want to name that because anytime we begin to be aware of essentially like I don't feel safe, your ability to name that is bringing you Mm -hmm. even a little bit of a cue of safety because what's happening is that some of your parts that are holding the pain are feeling heard. So that's, that's communicating some safety. Oh, wow. And so once you're beginning to get there, you know, this is going to look a little different in different situations. Like if you have a friend, I have a friend like this and I have a friend who I can actually name, like if I have that same worry, right? Like we, so we do Voxer. I don't know. Are you familiar with Voxer? Okay. And sometimes on Voxer, like I love Voxer, but then there's like this moment and you're like, did I say that right? <laughs> like, yes. You're a little bit like, wait, I hope I communicate, you know, at least for me, there's that feeling yeah, where totally. I'm like, oh, wait, did I? So there's just been a few times when I've been able to go to her and be like, listen, here's what's coming up for me. Yeah. I feel anxious that you're going to hear this message and you're going to think X, Y, and Z yeah. about what I said. Yeah. And, and I mostly know 
that you're like this really generous person who would tell me if for some reason I said something to offend you. Yeah. But like a part of me that is like a younger part feels really anxious wow. that you're going to hear that and you are going to be angry at me and you're, or you're going to just be like, I'm out, whatever, right. you know? And that literally facilitates her being like, oh, I, to- I, I think I really understand what you mean. And you're good. You know, like she's like, it's just, you know, it's just been such a busy week, but I just want you to know, like, like she doesn't make me feel like I'm too much. That's right. Or they, the, make- the other thing the friend can do is go, you know what? I totally heard it like that. And so thank you yeah, for playing, that's you know, because right. that's, that, yeah. there are times when I go to get clarity and what I thought might've happened for sure happened. But what a gift yes. that we get both, yes. that we get to go, I need clarity here. But an anxious yes. attachment, often I need clarity eight times more than the average person needs clarity. So I have to totally. first have a conversation yes. with me of like, hey, you don't need clarity again. And you don't need, cl- why don't you wait? It's That's been right. eight That's minutes. Good. You yes. boxered eight minutes ago. So why don't we give it 24 <laughs> hours? And then you can, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, I think that's good. And so there's the both and to this, because I think they're really, you know, whether it's a friendship or whether it's a partner, like it isn't just all you, right? Yes. There is that interaction, but be, being able to honestly bring it to the surface and just say, Hey, sometimes because of my story and my history, mm-hmm. here's something that comes up for me. Yeah. And to have an honest conversation about that can be really helpful. Yes. But what you're naming is this other piece. And sometimes we need to do this first. And sometimes we need to do it second. Sometimes we do it the whole time. Yeah. But this is the part where we work to do some of our own self-regulation. Mm-hmm. This is sort of what I would call almost like inner child work. Yeah. This is, or younger self, right? Like we are, there's a part of us, like when we're talking about anxious ambivalent, there's a part that feels really worried that often, like for someone with anxious ambivalent, the worry, the fear is I'm going to be abandoned. Yeah. Right. So what we want to do in our system is help build safety with that younger self to say, you know, sometimes having something concrete can be like, like for, here's an example, like first, maybe we do some grounding. So I go outside and you know, I'm like feeling the grass and I first, I'm just really doing basic it's cool, like bringing my body into a level of safety. What do I see? You what know, do I yeah. hear? What do I, yeah, you yes. outline that beautifully yep. in the book of like, here's, go through all five senses while your feet are touching grass. Totally, yeah. yes. Using that sensory information really brings us sort of back into our body, yes. typically in a way that helps us feel safe. That's a real simple one, but it's it's helpful because yeah. we're, we're just laying the groundwork, right? Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I might like, maybe I'll listen to a song that helps me feel like myself. Maybe I'll do like a short task just because it helps me to move. Yes. And then as I start to be able to regulate, I might write down to myself and we can do this two ways. One could be something from my younger self. She Mm -hmm. might say, I feel afraid that so-and-so is gonna you know kick me to the curb yeah, <laughs> or like whatever yeah. like is it gonna be angry at me yes, right so like yes. now I'm listening yes. okay I'm hearing the I'm hearing the worry and then it's like being able to to take a moment and and you may even ask that younger self is there anything I can show you yeah 
Yeah. That would help you to see that, yes, maybe in the past that actually did happen. Yes. Oftentimes that is part of the reason we have an attachment style. I mean, this doesn't just come out of nowhere, right? right? Like this is a way our body is adapting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I might write down, like, here are some reasons I know. Like so-and-so got right back to me and she, I can trust her word. And this is what she told me. Oh, okay. And this has happened three other times. And every time we've been able to make sure like we're good, you know, and what we're doing in every part of this, this is what I, I want each person to hear. Every single element is building safety. Yes. Wow. When I'm checking with the friend, I'm building safety in the connection. When I'm doing grounding, I'm I'm helping to build safety in my system. When I'm, uh, you know, doing the right, like writing down what my younger self is, I'm building safety by listening yes. to what my body's communicating. Yes. When I'm giving like actual concrete evidence to show this younger part to myself, mm-hmm. I'm literally like, hey, here's how I can show you this is safe. Yes, yes. So there's nuance, but the root is always about communicating that safety. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the beautiful thing, Andy, is that we can get a lot more of you. For all of us that are like, my, I have just had an appetizer and I'm starving for a meal. The book comes out tomorrow, Strong Like Water. But there are pre-order things where people can actually get videos of you teaching through a lot of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a exclusive four video Strong Like Water series available um, right now for pre-orders and also a um, access to my audiobook for 90 days, which is which is so fun that we're able yeah, to offer this. So, and kidding. you can go to ondicolber.com slash pre-orders. So once you've ordered the book, you just fill out that information and yeah. you will get that pre-order. And the reason Bonus. we put this show on this Monday is because when you pre-order the day before a book comes out, you get all the goods and you get the book tomorrow. <laughs> so you are not waiting very Seriously. long. This will be in your mailbox from wherever you love to buy books. You can go to your local retailer and they might have it on the shelf. They can get it for you anywhere online. But if you can Order it today and get it tomorrow and all the bonuses. Andy, I just think, I mean, there are, I I will show you my notes there. We got through half of what I wanted us to talk about, but Mm. we got through half that was exactly what we needed to talk about. And so this was your wisdom and your um, tenderness and your, when you combine such earned knowledge with wisdom from God, with tenderheartedness, that's what changes our lives, Andy. And that's what you do. And it just, Mm. I've written so many notes that I'm like, okay, real love produces safety. Okay. This, my anxious attachment is a strategy for safety. I've taken a ton of notes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Is there anything we didn't say that you want to make sure we say? I don't think so, but I just loved this conversation and I'm just so glad to be able to talk about this with you. And I, and I just continue to feel so glad that you pulled out that verse from Corinthians because that is just such, that has been actually such an important part of my own 
gang around this work. So that was really special. It's transformational. That is what I, on my weekends, on my Saturday, when I sit longer on my Sabbath day and I journal Mm -hmm. through, as you can imagine, you live with a seven. On my Saturdays is when I feel pain (laughs) and when I, when I, when it is quiet Mm -hmm. and I work through Mm -hmm. any of the grief of my week, I'm like, man, I'm going to take a big chunk of time this Saturday and literally ask myself two questions. What is younger Annie asking for right now? Because I can sense there's, I sense something is feeling pain. I've since I, I, since I'm responding to some things in pain. And so I need to know what, what is going on. And what does it mean that I carry in my body, the death and resurrection of Jesus? What does that actually look like for Mm. Annie? Those are the two questions I'm going to sit with this weekend. So, okay. Well, the last question we always ask to be far left hand turn, but I don't care because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Andy Culver, tell me what sounds fun to you. Well, oh man, there's so many things, but at the top of my mind is I love going to find like really amazing restaurants. Like yes. I'm a total foodie. I know this. And so there we are in um, a new, oh yes, you do. Cause you gave, you've given me some great recommendations. Yes, I love seeing um, where you eat and what you eat. Yes. Yes. But um, we are in a new city of Grand Rapids. Yes. And so there are some really fun and great restaurants. And so we've just been having so much fun. Like I love going to places with like small plates or tapas. And I just think that is, is a really fun thing to do. So that's listen, one of about. my very best friends played for the Whitecaps, which is Grand Rapids minor league baseball team. And so I got to come up a couple of times to watch games and they have the best breweries everywhere. I mean, all these like really great breweries all over Grand Rapids. You're going to love it. It's so cute. They're oh my gosh. So it's a cute. really cute place. I love I places love that. that seem to have just a plethora of local establishments. And that's what it feels mm-hmm. like Grand Rapids does. I mean, I'm sure they have chains, but my experience of Grand Rapids has been so many one or two spot local spots. Yeah, there's some really fun, cute little places. And I think part of it that's fun is just that and this is the the married to the seven piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This influences me. Is like the trying the new places. Oh, right. Girl. Like a different. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure. I'm sure you and he could have a whole a whole conversation. <laughs> Listen, about that. you would just but, have um, to be the string to our kite. It <laughs> just kept us in I line totally if we would. were in the same place. <laughs> Totally. Sometime. Sometime we'll do it. I would love it. And listen, y'all got to go to Whitecaps games. They are so fun. Have you been to one yet? I have not. Actually, I didn't even know, Annie. So now I know. Now, yeah, yeah. I'm here to help. I'm here to help with minor league baseball. I can tell you about about 10 different minor league teams across the country. I don't know them all, but I've been to about 10. And it is, the Whitecaps are very fun to watch. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot. Minor league does a great job of like silly things in between innings. And I really enjoyed the Whitecaps. So. All right, Andy. Well, I love you, friend. I'm so, so grateful for your work and for your friendship. You have you have healed some things in me today. So thank you. Ooh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you guys, isn't she just the best? Oh my gosh, I know. Y'all love every time she comes on the show. You shout it from the rooftops. Me too. Hey, be sure to grab your copy of Strong Like Water and follow her on social media so you can tell Andy thank you for being on the show today. And if you found this episode helpful or know someone you think would enjoy it, be sure to share it. Okay, so we heard what sounds fun to Andy, and now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening just like you. Okay, Mary, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. 
Hi, my name is Mary Edwards. I'm from Roy City, Texas. And what sounds fun to me is finishing grad school and then spending the summer with my friends and my family, getting my classroom set up so I can start teaching in the fall. Yes, girl. Okay, what are you going to start teaching? Do you know yet? Um, I'm in the interview process right now, but third or fourth EOAR is what I'm interviewing wow. for. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're setting up your first classroom ever? Yes, I'm oh so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, whenever you make your Amazon wish list, will you please send it my way? So, I, yeah, there's a couple absolutely. of things that I know you need from my day in the classroom. Like, you're oh, going to yes. need so many more pencils than you think you're going to need. So yeah, many more pencils. I've heard. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah. I would love to send you some pencils because you just need more than you need. You just can't oh, that's even so kind. Um, and please play all summer long. You do not need to go in your classroom as soon as you get your job. Yes, absolutely. It it does not take you as long to set up as you think it does. And once your summer's gone, your summer's gone. So that's good to know. Summer first, Mary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Summer first. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. If you need anything else from me, you know, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is eating dinner with some of my girlfriends who are here from out of town. I can't not wait. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Wednesday, what? Yes, Wednesday with a surprise drop-in episode with Chrissy Metz and Bradley Collins. We'll see y'all then. <laughs>